Hey guys, thanks for joining me for another episode of Well Cordell. This week's episode is going to be about forcing relationships. And I think this is a very important topic to cover because I've never had a situation where I've tried to force a relationship and things have gone well. You can tell that just by merit of the fact that I'm single right now. <laughs> so as a bit of background, you guys know, even if you've only listened to the previous episode of this podcast, that I was brought up in purity culture. And the only piece of dating advice that I was really given growing up is to just wait for the one. If you just improve yourself and wait, then the right girl will just come along. And so I wasn't aware of this issue that could pop up in dating, which is trying to force a relationship. And I'm not even going to lie. This has become a pretty prevalent issue as I've tried to put myself out there with dating. So I want to make this episode as a way to really own my mistakes and put this problem that I have into words. Because more often than not, I found myself being the one that has tried to force things with someone that I'm interested in. As if I'm the subject of Taylor Swift's song, Antihero. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. So I want to kick this off by going over my mindset that I use to try and force various different relationships over the years. And I do believe I started to think this way as a result of the very limited and unentailing dating advice that I got growing up. And I know this dating advice, like I mentioned earlier, came from a good place. My family was trying to communicate to me that who you choose as a life partner is very important. You need somebody who's going to champion your story, be a good communicator, and someone you genuinely enjoy doing life with. However, they didn't dispel those details to me when they said, just wait until the one comes along. Growing up, I learned that while that's what they intended to say, the impact I was left with when they said, wait until the right one comes along, was much different. My thought process when I first heard this advice around 6th grade was, okay, if I just stay loyal to the principles laid out in the Bible and be a good upstanding Christian, then I will get into a relationship. I tackled my problems with the church and purity culture in my last episode. That's not what I'm here to talk about today. If you want to hear more on that, go listen to the last episode. What I want to key in on here is me thinking that I will get into a relationship if I do X, Y, and Z. That someone somehow owes me their affection based on things that I do. As if their willingness to date me is my choice and not theirs. And this is the place where me forcing relationships began. I chose somebody that I wanted to date and I would pursue them, but I was inattentive to them. I was just focused on my goal of entering a relationship with them. And this twisted thinking that just because I wanted to date somebody meant I had the relationship in the bag led me to hurt people. And I'm now going to share a couple of times where I was unresponsive to the other person's wants because I had my own agenda to pursue. So in the spring a couple of years ago, I began to like this girl that went to the same church as me. We had a lot of the same interests and had things in common. We were a part of the same programs at church like choir and theater and so on. So over that summer, we grew closer and I really developed feelings for her. We reached that point where she began telling me things about herself that she wouldn't tell other people. And I really did feel of use to her helping her tackle some of the issues in her life. So I began to get my hopes up thinking that a relationship might happen. And this evolved into me thinking that a relationship would happen with this girl. 
And if it didn't happen, then something must be wrong, because it seems like all these stars are aligning for us to date. And because I thought I was owed a relationship with her, I really and truly thought that it was just going to fall into place, that I wouldn't have to make many moves on my part, that one day we were just going to agree to go out to coffee based on the kind of bond that we were developing. I thought that was in the cards and I couldn't fumble. But then fall came along, so months had gone by, and nothing was coming together, and I had the audacity to even get a little bit butthurt about that. Number one, things weren't playing out the way that I felt like they should. And number two, I felt like my window of opportunity was running out because she was getting distant from me. And I couldn't understand why at the time. Now I obviously see why. And number three, at the time, I was naive as to how to make a move. So it didn't seem like there were any opportunities to do so. So I just kept on doing the same, just hoping that we would come together somehow. And the thing is, we were very close to each other, although we weren't dating. But I wanted us to be in a relationship. And so I gave off this energy that I had romantic intentions, and I just didn't do anything about it. So she began to feel uncomfortable around me because I was giving off these mixed signals, and it started to push her away. Until one day, she put her foot down. We actually got on topic with each other of being in a relationship. And we hadn't even gone out to coffee. We'd hung out various different times, don't get me wrong. But I had never asked her out on a date with that intention. And so I asked her, are you comfortable with the idea of us dating? And she said no. You know that feeling state that occurs when you receive devastating news and your heart just sinks? That's the feeling state I was in. Because she dropped that nugget and then left the room. And I was there to deal with what I just heard. And here's another tidbit that I'm just now thinking about as I'm recording this. I was very much delusional and completely wrapped up in this idea that there's no way forward other than for me and this girl to be in a relationship. Because even the moment after she rejected me, I had this new thought of, no, no, we can salvage this. Uh, this isn't the end. But later on, reality really sank in. And I realized that... I couldn't lead myself on because later that night I texted her talking about how I was confused and upset and the text she sent back gave me a real taste of reality. She said, yeah, I did feel like you were pushing me and I felt uncomfortable and that's why I haven't been talking to you or hanging out with you as much. And another thing she said that I do want to touch on is she said, I feel like we can't have a conversation without going deep with it. And the reason that was the case is because at some point I realized that our best bonding moments happened when we had these deep conversations. And even though deep conversations can be meaningful and can bring you closer to a person, they're not a healthy standard for day-to-day -day interaction. But the mentality that I embodied was, okay, I need to get closer to this girl. And the way we've been getting closer is by having these deep conversations, trauma bonding. And in those moments where I felt like she was pulling away, I would crank the trauma bonding up. I couldn't imagine a world at the time where I lost her, but she was hinting at that possibility. And so I grew very, very insecure. That situation not only introduced me to boundaries, 
I shit you not, I had never heard the word boundaries in my life before this situation. But it opened the door for me to learn more about boundaries and how to respect the wishes of another person. I literally have a book on my bookshelf now titled The Book of Boundaries by Melissa Urban. And I've read through a good portion of it. I recommend it. But back to feeling like I never had an opportunity to ask her out. I very much did. You guys know this already because you've been listening, but... I actually had a humbling moment two weeks ago that reminded me of this situation. Me and her would share these skeleton memes with each other because our bond was really strong around October. And we found skeleton memes to be really funny. And I had saved a lot of these different memes to my phone. And I was scrolling through my camera roll a couple weeks ago. And I found a huge cluster of these memes. It was a four panel comic strip. And in the first panel, one of the skeletons says to the other skeleton, Just ask her out, bro. And the other skeleton says, I can't. I'm too nervous. And then in the third panel, the first skeleton says, Bro, just do it. And in the fourth panel, the other skeleton says, I can't. Yes, you are hearing me right. I missed a hint. So insanely large. I was so zoned in on getting in a relationship with this girl that I missed these hints that were wide open that would actually get me there. So she was communicating to me that she had picked up on what my intentions were, even though I wasn't coming out and saying them, and in the same breath calling me out of my insecurity. And I thought nothing of it. I moved on. Ironically, it was through therapy and describing this situation that I picked up on the fact that guys are typically pretty bad at hints. And upon hearing that, I fell into that thinking of, oh, but I'm smarter than other guys, so I get hints. I'm okay. And that's exactly how I fell down. I wanted to bring that up on the podcast because I keep learning more and more from these past failures. I gained a new perspective on this situation from two years ago, as recently as two weeks ago. And more and more of Taylor Swift's lyrics ring true. Yes, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. And also, at tea time, everybody agrees. I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. So what I just described was an example of me forcing a relationship through trauma bonding and me running off the idea that I had the relationship in the bag. And there's another way that I have tried forcing a relationship that was more recent, and I'm going to share it with you guys. So this was right before summer of this year. And at this point, it had been a while since the situation that I just described. I had learned a lot about boundaries, going off the cusp of somebody that I had hurt because I had not shown proper boundaries but also realizing something that's more personal, whereas my family did not teach me boundaries growing up. I had learned a lot about boundaries and I was doing a lot better in that department, but I had also had some pent up resentment about failing in dating and I had not addressed it at that point. And I was bringing a little bit of that resentment into this next girl that I was pursuing and putting a little bit of pressure on her because of that. So I met this girl through an event that me and all of my college friends went to. And from the jump, I thought, okay, she's really cute. I want to get to know her better. And so throughout the night, I really made an effort to 
talked to her and made sure we get some conversation in. I didn't want to take her out of the moment of the event we were at. That was the most important. But at the same time, I wanted to get to know her because I thought she was cute. And I was already considering asking her out because it turned out that we had a whole hell of a lot of things in common. We had really decent chemistry. And so I thought, okay, what if? I got to see her again a couple days later, whereas we all went to a concert and I got to know her even better. And by that point, I knew I wanted to ask her out. And what I'm about to say is going to be important. By the third day of knowing each other, we were already starting to have conversations that were beyond surface level. And this I found out was for worse. And I'll get to it. But I asked her out that night, and she said yes. So I thought, okay, this is awesome, because I was also kind of tracking my personal progress, realizing that I had made an improvement on myself from a year and a half ago, whereas I was too scared to even ask for a date. Now I was approaching that with boldness. I was really smooth about it, and I was proud of myself for that. So there was definitely personal growth, but a lot of things that would come up and hold me back that mimicked kind of the situation that I talked about at the start of this podcast. I'm going to share that now. So we're on this date and I am really, really overthinking it because we were at this event where a lot of her other friends were as well. And we called it a date, even though there were other people, we spent a lot of time around each other, getting to know each other more. And like I said, I was overthinking. I was really clammy. I was just putting so much pressure on myself. I had all these things running through my head. I'm like, okay, I got to be attentive to her. I got to make a good first impression on her friends. I got to keep my energy up the whole night. And if I could go back, I would just tell myself, bro, it's a first date. Chill out. I'll get into this a little bit more by the end of the episode. But for now, just know that I thought that first dates had so much more commitment attached to them at the time because of my upbringing in purity culture, but I'll touch on that more at the end of the episode. But as the night went on, I got a little bit discouraged. I was like, damn, the chemistry's kind of dying. I don't know about this. I still fully wanted to pursue her, don't get me wrong. I was just scared shitless of her rejecting me, that possibility. But the night ends and we're on the car ride back to her college campus. And I thought I had already experienced the highlights of our night, and this was an average, if not below average, date. But then we pull into the parking garage, and she gets my attention. She says, hey, I was thinking we could go on the roof. And I was like, oh, there's still something in store, I guess. Maybe not all hope is lost. And we got on top of the roof and started having a conversation. And I thought that's all this was, until she said, you owe me a waltz. And she put on music, and we waltzed together on the top level of a parking garage in the moonlight. The backdrop, the air around us, the vibe, it was just beautiful. I still look back fondly on this because I was able to have this experience from out of a movie. But after this emotional high had ended, the reality of the person I was, and the fact that I really may not be compatible for this girl set in again. Just like in the first story, how I trauma bonded with the girl, I shared something that was personal to me just to let her in on my world a little bit more. But this led her to share with me something deeply personal about her. And in that moment, I was like, oh shoot, I think I messed up. 
It was completely within her will to share what she had shared with me, but at the same time, I felt like we weren't ready for that deep of a conversation yet, and I was the one that opened the door by sharing something deeply personal about me. In the moment, I thought, shoot, did I just make her feel pressured to share something about her just because I shared something about me? And to this day, I still kind of feel that way. And in the moment, I thought, dude, but I just had this emotional high, and I want that again. So even though we've only been on one date, I want to make sure that this girl sees from this point already that I can be a good partner. And so I started going deeper with it. And at one point, just completely unrelated, I said, you know, I actually really value boundaries. I'm actually really good at boundaries. And she was just like, okay. <laughs> because this was me high key acting like a trapper. Because of course you respect boundaries when you're in a relationship with someone. That's expected. That's just base level. But I was making it this big revelation about myself and it probably raised red flags. And I started to slip back into that old mindset like, I want this to go somewhere and so I'm going to say things that I think she wants to hear. Oh, that's a whole thing. I could do a whole episode on that. Saying things that I think she wants to hear so that she will be captivated by me further and things that I think are giving me the best chance at something more with her. Well, I was eventually faced with the reality that all those extra measures pushed her away. What I thought would bring us closer, much like the first situation, actually drove us entirely apart. Things stopped after the second date. And I asked, why don't you want to go on a third date with me? And she said, well, because things happen so fast. And looking back, I understand where she's coming from. Because I brought in the idea of investment after only one date. She hadn't had enough time to really get to know me. I think throwing out these random disclaimers about myself, such as how apparently good I am at boundaries, and I even bragged about getting better at personal hygiene. I threw in all this unnecessary crap because I didn't know if she liked me and I was trying to ensure that she did. When in reality, she probably liked me up until the point that I said that stuff and raised red flags. I thought I needed to clear the air about myself and that I was doing everything I could to give myself the best chances possible, when in reality, I was coming off too strong. Now, I do acknowledge that in this situation, I'm the problem, again, and I've also realized, and this is back to my point about how purity culture made me believe that there was lots of commitment tied to only one date. I realized I had this unhealthy mindset, thinking that one date going well meant the end-all be-all, that I was going to be with this girl. And this limiting mindset used to make me feel trapped in situations with girls that I wasn't fully vibing with. And in the process, I thought, okay, I have to put all my eggs in this basket. I have to make sure that this goes well because there's no one else outside of this right now. And in turn, I radiated that trapper energy to the girls that I would go on dates with. And me just putting this into words right now feels like a huge weight lifted off my chest because... I'm telling myself that I have gained this knowledge and I've learned. That's the point of this podcast, actually. I don't want to get rich off this. I don't want to build this like huge gargantuan fan base. I want to document how I was feeling at this time in my life and the lessons I've learned. That's really my ethos with this podcast. And I think I'm someone that has been through a lot of various different experiences in life to where if I share them out there with the world, 
people can relate and they might be in a similar situation to where they can learn. But back to my point, I've gotten multiple different anecdotes since this past summer that have really made me sit back and reflect on this situation. Learning about all the different possibilities when it comes to dating has been a really humbling experience. Like in this example, I'm legitimately sitting back at 19 years old and saying, what? It's impossible to have a strong emotional connection with someone after only one date? What? Only one date doesn't mean commitment in any regard? What? I have unaddressed red flags? These are all statements that the dating advice I received growing up did not take into account and might even disagree with, but they all seem like basic understandings if I'm going to go about dating somebody without causing unnecessary damage now. I can't even put into words how freeing it was to unlearn the behavior that I just described. Going on one date with a girl and thinking, well, now I'm in it. I have to put all my eggs in this basket. I have to see it through to the end. This is me calling out one of the ways in which I used to be emotionally immature. I used to not give myself the freedom to assess whether a date is going well or not. And if it's not going well, that I have freedom to call it off. And with that being said, I'm in this place now where I do want to go on dates and I've been trying to, but I haven't been getting any. And I don't think this is because I'm undateable. I think nowadays I'm just learning to exercise a lot more discernment and I've stopped forcing things. I was thinking about how to phrase this and it sounds so bad that I say it this way, but it's the truth. I have only ever been in toxic relationships and I've stayed in those relationships because I thought there was no other way. I look back on my relationships and I see a series of rebounds and short-term relationships and lust-based relationships and I'm calling myself out to the world on that. Even though the product of my efforts has always been a short-term relationship that fizzled out quickly, consistently across the board I have always wanted a long-term committed healthy relationship. but. I went about trying to get that relationship by forcing things. And I think somewhere along the way, particularly this summer, I lost myself in the sense that I became somebody that wanted a relationship just to be in a relationship. And I'm going to describe this point with a visual. I saw this YouTuber. His name is Pat CC. You should check him out. He does video essays on various topics and he does music coverage. I'm really invested in his content, but recently he went to a Nickelback concert and he pointed out how the concert was really cringe because their visuals were just fire and electric guitars and they came off as the most generic rock band in the world because they had nothing to stand for as a rock band other than we're a rock band. And here's the way this ties into my attitude towards relationships. And this is something I'm actively working on. I became this person that wanted a relationship because, well, I wanted a relationship. I have lost sight of my why. That's it. That's what I was trying to say. With Nickelback not having a why as to why they perform rock music. I don't have a why as to why I want to be in a relationship. I had completely lost sight of two very important things for a relationship. 
one, understanding how the person feels and what they wish for out of a relationship. And two, the value that I can provide to said person if we were to be in a relationship. I've completely lost track of those things. And honestly, that's where I am today. And this is me admitting on the podcast that I've been a toxic person and that I have a lot of work to do if I want a healthy long-term relationship as I say I do. So the title of this episode is Why I Stopped Forcing Relationships. And my short answer for why I stopped forcing relationships is because I realized I was hurting people. It was not fair of me to expect commitment out of someone after just a little bit of time getting to know me and proceeding to act as though there's no other option but for us to enter into a relationship. I projected this trapper behavior as I described in the two situations I talked about. I probably made a couple of people feel bad for me and date me out of pity, which is anti-seductive. And there's definitely a correlation between the way I've been known to force relationships and the fact that I've only been in short-term, lust-based relationships. And I've put my own agenda first, and I've lost track of how my actions impact people. And that's where I am today. I wish I could sugarcoat this and make a happy ending for this episode and say that I've completely unlearned my old behaviors, but I have to be honest with you guys and say that this is the mountain I'm climbing right now. In 2021, it was my health, I have a really decent grasp on that now. In 2022, it was my family. I had a lot of family problems and family matters to deal with. And now I'm getting to some toxic mindsets and attitudes towards relationships and dating. The end of this episode is me admitting that I don't have this figured out to the extent that I need to. But I hope that putting these thoughts into words and sharing them with the world will be a step in the right direction. And I also want to wrap up this episode by saying thank you so much for listening to this entire thing. I'm so humbled that you would sit through 26 minutes of me talking about growing as a person. And I hope to keep putting out episodes where we can all take something from what I'm talking about. And I really appreciate you being along for the ride. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave me a five-star rating. And I will see you for next week's episode of Well Cordell.